Okay, guys, before we head into this really fun episode I recorded this week with Georgia, one of our favorite guests from the Grow To You Glow podcast, I just thought I would do a little heads up and update from last week. So obviously we're heading into week six of our Bloom series. So still focusing on that mind, body, soul Bloom. This is kind of a probably a soul episode falling under that category because it really does come back to mental health and I am just going to put in a little trigger warning here we do talk a lot about my eating disorder in there lots about mental health and as well like mentions of domestic violence we don't go into detail too much on that topic specifically but with the eating disorder and mental health we do get um, into detail with those so if that's triggering for you at all feel free to pass on this episode and jump back and listen to another episode from either this series or other seasons in the past Um, but yeah this week has been really busy for me and so I'm recording this on Thursday it comes out on Friday so definitely feeling the heat in terms of like wrapping things up as we head towards the end of the year but I've been doing really good things for my soul this week and it has been going for a bike ride on the gym bikes with my with Georgia and our other friend Brooke and it has been so nice to wake up and have that moment of connection and fun and check-in and also movement before heading into our day. I swear being able to like wake up and know you can just sit down on a bike for like 45 minutes and chat to your friends is just like so much fun and just makes the weeks feel so much lighter and I'm really grateful for that. But also I have started and created a team for the How's Your Heart community to be involved in the Black Dog Institute October Walk for Mental Health. It can be a walk, it can be a run, it can be a cycle, it can be a swim. I've chosen mostly cycling because obviously update with the hip, it's still not healing. So walking and running are kind of like out of... I guess ruled out for me, but cycling has been a really great way to get up those Ks and to work towards our goal. I think our goal is 360 kilometers, but I reckon we'll get more than that. I've been loving everyone who's been joining the team so far. If you're keen on joining the team or even supporting every dollar counts, guys, it is working towards and like fundraising to give people who aren't able to access mental health support giving them accessibility to that. And we all know how important it is, whether, you know, that is therapy, whether it is hospitalization, whether it is medication or just like someone to talk to. We know how important this is. And sometimes it's inaccessible for some people. So anything that we can do to help those people get the mental health care that they need um, and to help them live their better lives, um, then I think we should just get behind it. And so if you want to get behind the team, feel free to jump over on the Instagram and follow the little highlight reel. I have all of the information there on how you can join the team, how you can support the fundraiser and just support us. If cycling, running, whatever, joining the team is too much for you, like share it to your story or something to get other people involved, get the awareness out Let's just start talking about it. But without further ado, I reckon let's hand it over to the super fun episode. And um, yeah, see you guys next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the How's Your Heart podcast. I'm Georgia, your (laughs) host of the day. Welcome to the show, Jess. I'm very 
glad that you're on as it gets. Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure to be on this <laughs> podcast. It's such an amazing podcast. I'm really glad that you're oh here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> look, it's such a privilege to be here in such a nice, comforting, cozy space. Yeah, warm. <laughs> if you guys haven't clicked on already, <laughs> we're doing like an off the record takeover episode today mm-hmm. with our beautiful friend, Georgia. Yeah. She has been on the podcast twice now. Once, twice. Once, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I recorded on your episode. Yeah. On your podcast. Yeah. Also, check out her podcast afterwards because we did the same thing, mm-hmm. but over on hers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a little takeover today. Yay. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to be the host. The hostess of the mostest. Hey, yeah. 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 Take over the How's Your Heart pod and ask Jess all of the good stuff. So, Jess... Let's get started. Let's do it. First thing that we always like to ask our guests on the How's Your Heart podcast <laughs> is, how's your heart? That's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a well thought out question. Wow. It's like I've never heard it before. Yeah. yeah. How is your heart though? My heart. I feel a little bit exhausted. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't had a break yeah. from life, from work from keeping myself alive that kind of stuff for like over a year now Mm. and I know that's such a privilege to to say Mm -hmm. but at the same time starting to feel it yeah and I was listening to the Emma Chamberlain podcast Mm -hmm. and she was talking about like laziness versus hustle culture versus burnout Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm kind of heading towards burnout not necessarily in the sense where, like, I'm overworking or I'm, like, hustling all the time, mm-hmm. but in the sense that I feel like I'm really busy all the time. Mm. And I like that because I love having a full life. But I'm feeling a little bit drained emotionally, yeah. I feel like. I've had this realisation over the past couple of weeks, and I went on a mountain climb yesterday. You saw you the pictures did. were beautiful, it was stunning. Yeah, um, <laughs> very proud of you. And um, I was sitting on top of the mountain, and I was saying to myself, like, it's so interesting looking in the mirror and seeing the same eyes of previous versions of me. Mm. And I'm someone who like carries a lot of like what has happened yeah not only to me but also to other people Mm -hmm. and it's a blessing and a curse yeah but I found I've been feeling lately that it's just been really hard to look in the mirror and see the same eyes especially of like the girl had gone through the family breakdown Mm -hmm. and the girl of the uh, like the eyes of the girl who'd gone through the ED and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, like, that still happened. Yeah. Like, as much as I'm in a different place now, sometimes I'm like, it still happened. Like, it was still there, and I still feel like I carry it. And so I've been feeling a bit exhausted in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Like, just, it's getting a bit heavy. Yeah. Not that anything's changed. Yeah. But it just feels a bit heavy to carry it around. Mm. And have you in the past, like, had to at some stage, like, put it down so that you can keep moving on? Do you feel like you kind of picked it up again recently? Yes and no. Mm. I feel like putting things down is something that I don't do well. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I love to hold it near and dear. Yeah. And, like, within me. Yeah. Because it is so meaningful and it did have such an impact. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it does weigh me down, I think. I don't know. Part of me is, like, maybe a bit scared to let it go. Mm. Like, mm. I'm just kind of like, oh. Like, that's kind of what's kept me safe, like, being so not obsessed but like yeah. kind of anxiously attached yeah to this trauma <laughs> yeah and like it's like that's what's been holding me and like making me carry it this mm. whole time yeah wow interesting interesting yeah mm. how do you think well why do you think mm. you hold on to things like that i think i hold on to it because like, there's parts of my life in those stages that I really liked. Yeah. Especially yeah. around, like, to get deep real quickly. Go for like it. Like, around the ED yeah. kind of stuff. Also, guys, I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about that a lot during this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to put a trigger warning and stuff at the beginning. Put a trigger warning at the start. Yeah. But if you did start listening and now you're like, I'm not sure <laughs> if I want to hear that, then probably skip this episode. Yeah. Um, you can go listen to the episode that we recorded. Yeah. Go listen to the one on mine. <laughs> it's a little bit lighter. But <laughs> I I would love to talk about this because I yeah, think it would be yeah. a really, really um, yeah, me too. important conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, continue with what you were saying. Yeah. So, like, there are aspects of my eating disorder, like that life back then that I still miss. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. And, like, my relationship in that time. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. Let's just hope that that... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's just hope yeah. that my Canada listeners aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if they are, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> um, I guess I just miss that. And yeah, I okay. think... And I guess I'm a little bit... I think for me... A big part of my ED that I'm mad at myself for mm. is the fact that it took away so much of things that I mm. really liked. And so when I hold on to the feelings and the emotions of my ED, I'm really like holding on to the good and the bad. Yeah. Like the yeah. bad of like, it was so awful. I felt so restricted mm. and so anxious and so scared. And I had panic attacks all the time and I was manic. Mm-hmm. But I also was in this stage of my life where, like, I was still able to see my mum every day. Yeah. And yeah. I was still able to hang out and, like, do fun things with my boyfriend mm-hmm. and have that really nice relationship. Mm-hmm. And so... There was good, there was, like, pros and cons. And I think when I, like, I hold on to the bad stuff because I can still see the good stuff. And I still, like, don't want that whole part of my life to be scripted as bad. Mm. Because there were some, like, really nice moments there. Yeah. But then I hold on to the bad stuff and it weighs me down. Yeah. 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 100%. I think that's really hard to navigate, just being that... In every phase of life that you go through, there are there are always certain people that really help to shape you in that time, yeah, or support you in that time. In your case, and like, we're just like your rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very similar to back when 
Like, I was at my deepest mm. depression. It's why I have such a huge admiration for Will. Like, he's stuck with me through that whole time. Will's my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, love and Will. Yeah. We absolutely <laughs> love him. Um, but he was my rock during that yeah. time. And so it's like you almost create a real big attachment to, like, you almost tell yourself, like, oh, like, I have to be feeling a certain way for to get like certain support from people or like to have that closeness with people and stuff like that so we can really start to hold on to trauma Mm. as we go through each stage of our life and those people change or like we change um and you might grow apart from certain people like it's really hard to navigate that yeah Mm. it's hard to have those shifts in relationships totally i think that's a like a big part Mm. of like my growing that i still need to do yeah is like i hold on to relationships so near and dear yeah and like i really miss people when they're gone yeah yeah a hundred percent so so if you are open to it yeah let's talk a little bit more about your eating disorder yeah okay um what effect did that have mm. on the relationships in your life at yeah. that time mm. and don't don't go anywhere that you don't want yeah. to it's a safe space oh i know <laughs> i created <laughs> you're like i actually created it so. shut up okay so i guess i should just come back to like my main driving point for my ed like Mm. what was i guess the why yeah i'm not gonna lie to you there were physical things that Mm -hmm. like my whole entire life like you scroll back on my snapchat memories Mm -hmm. and you see me as like a 12 year old doing like a body check yeah there was some underlying things Mm -hmm. that i didn't like about my body that Mm -hmm. did kind of open the door to this kind of mental illness But in year 12, like, my family went through the worst thing and, like, I had no stability. I was out of home for a little bit of grade 12 Mm -hmm. just because there was a bunch of, like, domestic violence stuff going on at home and I couldn't be... I couldn't pick a side, essentially. Like, if I was to pick a side, it would, like internally hurt me and also my brother like yeah I just had to make a choice and so I packed my bags and I left home Mm -hmm. and that was kind of all right because I had a lot of study like I was a really studious kid yeah and I was so anxious about like oh I gotta get good grades like I gotta study 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 And that was also a, also a distraction. Yeah. Also super ironic. Mm. In year 12, we did like a most likely two thing within my grade. Mm-hmm. And you know how people are like, oh, they're like most likely to like marry someone from the <laughs> brother school. Yeah. Or yeah. Most likely to become famous. <laughs> yeah. Mine was most likely to live the longest. But the following year, (laughs) I'm on my deathbed. And I know I shouldn't laugh about that, but it is kind of ironic. It is. So they obviously didn't know I was going through a lot. Yeah. And I held it in a lot. Yeah. I held it in close. Mm -hmm. So it was 
kind of schoolies. I went down to schoolies with my boyfriend boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. and like it was just magical and I came back and I realized that um life was still the same Mm. and I still felt so unstable even though I was outside of school and I still felt really like uncertain about my family because they were still present in my life and I didn't really know what I was doing for uni next year and everything was uncertain and I felt really anxious. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just be the fittest, healthiest person I could ever be. And so I just controlled and controlled and controlled and it was obsessive for Mm. sure. I would spend just like hours doing not only workouts, but research for the workout that I'm going to do the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Part of me, like, really, oh, I don't even want to say misses, but that kept me safe. Totally. Like, that kept me in a state where I was safe because I wasn't thinking about, like, the traumatic stuff that had happened previously. And I was able to not be at home because I was at gym so much. And if I wasn't Mm -hmm. at gym, I was at work. And it was just, like, this routine that kept me really safe. Mm -hmm. And... If you've ever been in a stage of, like, if the listener has ever been in a stage of, like, starvation or mm-hmm. restriction, your brain isn't working at full capacity no. because it just doesn't have the energy. Mm-hmm. And it's in survival mode, essentially. Yeah. It's, like, not at full capacity. So I wasn't even – I didn't even have the energy, the brain energy, to be able to think about all of these emotional things. Mm-hmm. And then I – was talking with my mom and I was like mom like I've been having panic attacks every day and by panic attacks like I wouldn't breathe I'd black out mm. I'd get so yeah I'd become un- like not unconscious is it unconscious like I just blacked yeah, out like I was kind of like if you were drunk or something if <laughs> yeah. you fainted it was yeah. like I fainted yeah and um yeah it'd be like that pretty much like every day wow or something like that because I just get so anxious about just life like everything was just too much Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a big theme in my life that I'm just not well equipped for this world yeah like it's my mum was like to me on the phone one time she said something along the lines of oh like this is just a human thing I was like oh but I'm not meant to be a human like I don't like, it, this doesn't feel right. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like I'm built for this, mm-hmm. essentially. And so I was talking to her. She's like, hey, like, let's go see someone. Mm-hmm. And then, essentially, that night I was admitted to hospital yeah. for anorexia. Mm-hmm. And there'd been previous history of eating disorders and anorexia in my family. Mm-hmm. And going... And having that kind of label put on me Mm. felt like such a defeat because the whole time throughout my childhood, my dad had threatened Mm. and been like, if you ever go down that path, like, essentially, he he doesn't find himself worth living. And so I felt like all of this pressure, I was like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen? The DV stuff was still happening. Like, even I was, like, in my hospital bed and, like, there was stuff going on. And I just cried the whole time Mm -hmm. in that bed. And my nurse said to me, oh, what are you studying at uni? And I said, oh, Bachelor of Exercise and Nutrition. Mm -hmm. 
And he was like, oh, that's a bit of a coincidence. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> and then wow. he said, oh, well, this opportunity gives you um, space to, like, catch up on study. And I was like, I don't think you understand the severity of this because it wasn't really about my body. It wasn't that I had, like, rest- purposely restricted myself to get to a certain size. No. Like, I restricted myself because I didn't want to be here. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. So study didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really care for it. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, just as much physical as it is, if Men- not more mental. Mental, for sure. And I think that just gets lost in translation so much. Yeah. And moving into recovery, like, let's just skip the whole hospital thing because that's just a bit too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so m- coming into recovery, I found that a lot. Like, I put on the weight really easily okay like just force feeding and all that kind of stuff because I didn't want to go back to hospital because that was the whole thing yeah and um essentially my whole entire aim was just to get back to training Mm. and that delayed my recovery so Mm. much because I didn't actually want to get back to life I just wanted to get back to my distraction yeah it's like such a weird thing and I'm sure you found it as well in your ED Mm -hmm. EDs are so hard to treat because movement and eating mm-hmm. and life go on when you are recovered. Mm. But it's an addiction. So having to come back to a thing that you're addicted to mm-hmm. is so challenging. Because if you like put that kind of scenario in any kind of other addiction, whether it's to like drugs or alcohol, mm-hmm. like there's a period where like maybe even for life, like you don't touch alcohol or you don't mm. touch drugs anymore mm-hmm. because you know it's just not good for you. But we know that that doesn't happen with yeah. eating disorders because food will always be there. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to my mama, being like, I wish that I could just be on like NG tube feeds yeah. for my whole recovery mm. until I'm good. And mm. then I'll come back to food because it just seems too daunting to be able to introduce when I'm still so fragile. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm. So I recovered and, well, I was recovering and I felt so lost. I still completely mentally anorexic. Yeah. But pushed through to be able to get my body to a space where, and this has actually come up a lot, like mm. today and mm. like throughout this week because I posted a reel about like where I had been Mm -hmm. essentially and part of me feels like a bit embarrassed that that happened and Mm -hmm. I don't think embarrassed is the right word Mm -hmm. but it it feels like shame Mm -hmm. that like that happened and that like I was in that position Mm -hmm. but it did happen and it it was a part of my journey essentially And so I wanted to kind of, like, get that title away from me as quick as I could. Mm. So I just put the weight back on and just, like, dealt with the consequences in, like, in private. Like, I just wouldn't share with anyone what I was feeling about my body. I'd go to therapy and I just, like, wouldn't talk. Yeah. Like, it was mandatory therapy, but I just would not go. Mm -hmm. I would just shut down. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure their notes were, like, blank. (laughs) Jess said nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Jess did not engage eye contact. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, all in third person. Yeah. Um, And as you can imagine, Mm. throughout this whole stage, like, I was a shell of a human. Mm. Um, 
like pre and post hospital and I loved this boy Mm. so much and I felt so bad for the fact that he had had to go through it up until this point and Mm -hmm. I know I had so much more to go Mm -hmm. and I was just like he sees that I'm like at a healthy weight yeah but mentally like I'm still so fucked yeah and like I I could see that he like wanted to go and explore life Mm -hmm. and I just didn't want to hold him back yeah and so, like, I had to let it go. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm um, also, like, midway through a breakup mm-hmm. in recovery. But mm-hmm. I knew it was just the best. And then I distracted myself with boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably the worst thing I ever could have done. Because it wasn't, it wasn't even about them. Like, no. But it was just the thing that I did. Yeah. And so... I racked up a whole bunch of bad date stories <laughs> and bad relationship stories. Uh-huh. And tried to find myself. Yeah. And it's led me to a point where, look, it's not perfect. There are weeks and days and hours that are riddled with, yeah. like, the ED brain is still completely there. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's less loud, though. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, like, it's still a whole, like, piece of my brain Mm -hmm. and of my mind, but it's, like, kind of, like, not saturated anymore. It's just kind of, like, vaguely there. Mm. And I feel its presence all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's not, like, a bright red saturated thing. Yes. Yes. Wowie. Yeah. Thank you so much for Oh, that's okay. Just that for was sharing. A, that was a long time talking. That's absolutely okay. <laughs> I just want to say how proud yeah. I am of you for being that vulnerable and Aww. talking about this because I know it's not easy. Mm. It confronts a lot of past, like you say, good and bad. Mm. But still, the good stuff can be really hard to even just talk about, knowing yeah. that it's not in your life anymore. Firstly, the fact that you let someone go Mm. and to go and live their life while you're going through all this, I think just shows how big your heart is. Like you guys would know listening to Jess's podcast, like Jess is literally on this earth to love people. Like (laughs) she does such a good job at it and like it shows. And I think that's really admirable that you were so young and you, were like, like, this is my thing. You need to go and, like, do your thing and live your life as a, like, probably straight out of yeah. high school guy. Like, that's huge and not easy to do. And, yeah, as much as it's, like, you hate that it has to, like, go that way, like, that's mm-hmm. obviously not what you wanted it to be no but I think like at some point you just have to realize like we're all just works in progress yeah and like you can't carry the thought of like I wish that didn't happen to me or like I wish I didn't do it that way Mm. because we're like all learning yeah we're like so like Uh, it doesn't even matter what age you are like 
everyone's just so young. Like, it's your first yeah. time doing life. That is my favorite thing to say lately. Yeah. It's everyone's first time on Earth. Literally. Although there are some people who are like, wow, this, this you've been here before. <laughs> They've got it down now. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. like, and so I don't think it is fair mm. as much as we try to do it. Mm. I've been having conversations about this to my friends as well. Like, you grow so much. Hmm. that, like, it can be hard looking back on a time of your life and being, like, I almost feel a bit embarrassed that I did that yeah. or, like, that's the kind of person that I was or, like, I I was consumed by these types of thoughts, like, whatever it is. Hmm. But, like, it's just all part of your journey and you can't continue to just hold on to that because it's, like, everyone's got that. Yeah. Everyone's got those things. Everyone's done things that they don't necessarily like about themselves or whatever but like it doesn't take away from you as a person yeah and so yeah I just wanted to throw that in there because I just think that that's so true it's not fair on you it's not fair on me it's not fair on anyone Mm. that we like go around our life and be like I'm such a failure like I shouldn't have done it like that you know what I mean it's such a like, I feel like everyone goes through that. Totally. Like, Even just in little... Completely. Little, like, day-to-day things. Like, I'll always be like... And we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we're both Leos. Yeah. We both have big personalities. Completely. Like, the... You, like, have, um, like... I don't know you have interactions with people and then you go home and you're like oh my gosh like I'm too much like and then you go and spiral and be like all of the times that I've been too quote-unquote too much to other people and you like and you're like I wish I wasn't like that I'm embarrassed to be like that but it's like all of these things just add up to being like your like it's your journey and it's like shapes who you are and I think as you go you get better at like using those things as your strengths and like for good yeah you know I've been having that a lot lately Mm. and I even apologized like the other night but the thing is yes I do that every single time like I leave an interaction like I feel like uh, like insecurity has been a big thing that's been coming up mm. for me lately like just insecurity in myself yeah and like just feeling embarrassed mm-hmm. about like how I show up yeah I guess yeah but then I like look around and I look at like the podcast and mm. I look at the friends that I have created and the mm. life I have and it's like this there's nothing to be embarrassed about no. but it's that, like, inner mean girl mm-hmm. that just, like, is so brutal. Yeah. And, and takes the confidence right out of you. Totally. And, like, kicks you when you're down. Yeah. Like you're saying. Like, you haven't been feeling great. Mm. Um, like, your energy is starting mm. to get zapped. Like, yeah. I think that's a big thing is when you have those periods in your life, it's so much harder. Like, it sounds weird to say, but, like, you have to summon so much energy to even just deal with what's going on in your mind. Completely. And doing that in the the best way for mm. you. And sometimes you just don't have it in you. Yeah. Like, as someone that suffers from depression, like, there are days when I'm like, okay, we're going to fight through this. We're going to go and go for a walk. We're going to do this and all of that. There's some days where I just can't do it. I can't convince my brain that, like, it's okay yeah. to do it or like 
we're not going to go down like the route that we shouldn't go down, which is like probably scrolling on my phone. Some days you just don't have the energy for it. And so like when you are in a period of your life where you're a bit like just zapped, Mm. that inner mean girl becomes louder and also a lot harder to just like go, nah, I'm confident. I'm, I trust myself. Like we're good. I know exactly what we're doing because it's just like, you don't, have the energy you don't have the energy and you don't necessarily have the the means to go out of your way to start believing it as well yeah so it's hard completely i love the taylor swift quote because we are going to bring it back to that absolutely (laughs) where she's like life is emotionally abusive yeah i feel like i kind of live by that a little bit yeah and i will actually preface this i am in my sad music era (laughs) And it's become a bit of a problem mm. because I, I will so easily and happily mm-hmm. drop into the deepest pits. Yeah. Yeah. Willingly. Like yeah. kind of, you don't need to beg. I'm already yeah. there. Um, and sad music gets me in my feels every time. Yes. But I know that I need to have an imbalance. Yes. Because life is emotionally abusive. Yes. And like, it does throw us so many ways and like fighting yes. mental health mental yes. illness yes. is like such a, challenge. such a challenge it's so draining yeah and it's also an addition to our already crazy lives yes and i think that's what makes it even more hectic mm. and even more hard mm. because sometimes therapy isn't accessible mm-hmm. sometimes you can't just have a day off of work because you feel like you can't get out of bed mm-hmm. and like sometimes that care and that yeah i guess yeah mental health care mm-hmm. isn't accessible isn't available at this time mm-hmm. and you're just sitting with it and having to f- do the inner fight yeah to like keep yourself alive yeah and like for anyone who's ever done that like pat yourself on the freaking back a hundred percent because it is not an easy battle it's not it's not. And I think, like, accessible goes in two ways where, like, we live in a very privileged world now, most mm. of us. And we do have access to all of that mm. stuff that you mentioned. But also just being able to access it based on, like, how your brain is actually oh, completely. doing that day. Yeah. Like, yep. there's been days where, like, yeah, I could, I could afford a therapy session or, like... Mm. I've got a support system around me and I've got the tools and stuff like that. But like there's been days and it's so hard to explain to people who don't feel it mm-hmm. where like you physically just cannot do it. Yeah. And you can't access those things that you probably need on those days. Yeah. Um, the reach out. And you do and you ha- you yeah. basically get forced to buy your brain, whatever's going on in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You get forced to sit with it, and that is such a battle. Such an excruciating battle. Yeah. I found that on those days where, like, I don't want to reach out or Mm. I just physically cannot reach out, Mm -hmm. it always comes back to me, at least, like, personally. Mm. Like, what's the point of even getting better? Yeah. And I think that is a big part of any mental health journey Mm -hmm. is it's so often beaten down to such like a small amount 
of your self-worth. Mm. Like, it's just beat you down over time, over time, over time. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck with this, like, big storm cloud of depression or anxiety or anything else. Mm. And you're there and you're like, I can't even... I don't even know if it's worth fighting for. Yes. And I mentioned that in the reel as well because I said, like... I didn't picture myself making it to 19. Mm. Like I like had plans t- so that, that wouldn't happen. Mm. And I don't know, like it's kind of a disassociative feeling like mm. on my 21st birthday being like, like I'm not meant to be here right yeah. now mm. because like you did struggle and mm. you did go through all that kind of stuff. And like despite it all, you're still here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a big thing that I always come back to. Mm. Like, despite everything you've been to, like, you've been through, you, you're, you like, right here, right now. Yeah. You and can it brings do it. to the presence that we were talking about in your episode. Totally. Yeah. You absolutely can do it. And, mm. like, there's a reason that you're here. Yeah. There's also a reason that you go through what you go through. And, like, mm-hmm. I think this podcast is a huge testament to that. Mm-hmm. Like if you hadn't have gone through everything that you had, mm. you wouldn't be the person that you are today in terms of mm. now, like, being self-aware enough and doing enough work to then be able to share what yeah. you know to mm. other people. Yeah. Like, how lucky are we guys that we get to hear her? Oh, like, <laughs> So good. I even think, like, I wanted to um, bring it back to something that you said Mm. as you were taking us through your journey. And um, I think this is an important one, bringing it back to, like, this is our first time on mm. this earth. And, like, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, I'm, I would assume that most people are probably around Jess's age mm. yeah, kind of thing. But a huge thing that stood out for me in that was it's hard to communicate to, um, like, especially parents like where you're at mm. um in terms of it it usually comes down to really small things like you know I can't say no to this workout and they're like why are you so stressed about it like yeah. it's this is what life is like there's ups and downs you're gonna have to get a little bit tougher to like deal with it that's something that really came up for me I mean, my parents had never experienced, like, a child of theirs Mm. laying in their bed depressed and not being able to get up. And the thing that was in front of me was, like, studying for an exam. And they're like, why? Like, why can you not just do it? Do you know what I mean? And, like, it kind of – it all simmers down to, like, this one situation. And it's like, that's not – what's going on Mm. um but I think it just is like a good reminder for us all that I mean you have those people in your life that (laughs) will be like this is what life is it's hard and like you're gonna have to start to withstand it but they've also had a lot more years if it's your parents they've had a lot more practice at it yeah and they also didn't grow up in the Mm. in the time that we grew up in terms of how much information we get and how much, like, I don't know, just the yeah. chaos of the internet in general. 
but they've had so much more practice at life at navigating those situations. And like, if you're in that boat at the moment, like it's not like, you're not weak no, just because you're no. experiencing that. God, no, no, absolutely not. Mm. It's so funny you mentioned that because mm. I feel like that is such a common experience. It is. And the, it's not talked about. The disconnect between yeah. like, yeah, let's just say older generations and mm. us. Wait, I don't know. I feel like this idea of woke culture, quote unquote woke, yeah. woke culture, yeah. um, has been coming up a lot in like my circles. Mm-hmm. Which is just a whole another conversation in itself. Yeah. But I think one of the big things that has come with this new generation coming through, such a privilege to be part of it, if I'm honest, mm. is that we are having conversations. Like, there's no way a podcast like this would be talking about stuff like this. Give it 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't think it happened. Mm-mm-mm. And it's so interesting you say that because I was on the phone with my, one of my grandparents who I don't talk to that often, but I definitely should, mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. And they were telling me that the past few months they haven't been able to get out of bed. Mm. And they just described, like, literally what you just described mm. with your depression mm-hmm. to me. And I was like, did you go to the doctor? Like, did you mm. seek out help? And they said, yeah, I went to the doctor. And he said it was showing signs of depression. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, was that, like, how did that go for you? And she was like, oh, I didn't really know what to do with it. Like, Mm. it it made so much sense, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that, like, after the phone call, essentially, she said that she was so grateful to be able to talk to me about it. Mm. Like, she felt like she couldn't turn to anyone. Yeah. Whereas... How heartbreaking is that? Oh, my God. I literally cried for years. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm still, still crying. crying about it. Um, but it's it's so um, – it's such a testament to the fact that it's not a weakness. It's not a generational weakness. Mm. It's just the fact that, yeah, a lot of stuff has happened over the past few years. Let's just give it one example, COVID. Yeah. What the heck was that? Yeah. And or that changed a lot. Changed also. so much. And it's still affecting our lives. Yeah. Pre-COVID world is so different to post-COVID world. Completely. Completely. And it changed so quickly. (laughs) It really did. And I feel like that's just one example of the ways in which this generation is now being forced to, like, shift their view of life and what's to come. Yeah. Um, But also... It like mental illness affects every generation. Mm. We just are so much more open to talking about it nowadays. Totally. Because we've realized, and like kind of thanks to COVID, because it did kind of spike the conversation a bit, mm-hmm. that we are able to have more accessibility to mental health care and that it's kind of reduced the stigma around it. Yeah. And that people can create freaking podcasts Mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff and it's okay Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think like that's why the pursuit of talking about it and the pursuit of caring about it is so important Mm. and so sacred to every human Mm -hmm. because like yeah we are a human body but we also have emotions yeah and it's so interesting to see like, when you actually talk to people, mm. how that usually comes out. Yeah. And it, you realise, oh, there's so much humanity in 
in everyone. 100%. I love those realizations. Totally. Yeah. A thousand percent. Which is why, like, I, I just think, like, if you're on this earth right now, like, you're here for a reason. Mm. You're meant to be here. Yeah. And, like, although you may feel like you're not, like, you are. Mm. And we're all so connected in so what we connected. feel. Yeah. That, like, please just, like, please talk to someone. Yeah. We Reach out to us. 100%. We said this on my podcast <laughs> please, earlier. Please, like, jump in my DMs. If I you don't have me. someone that, like, just gets it and can yeah. be that person that can just hear you out, mm. just message one of us. Yeah, like, honestly. happy to hear it. And, like, as people who have gone through it, yeah, we have more, like, empathy in the way that we are able to listen, yeah. I think, and understand what you need and all of Completely. that. So. You need people like that in your life. And if you don't have it, then here we are. Here we are. (laughs) And I've done it to other podcasters. Totally. Like we were talking about on your show. But like there have been podcasters who were literally my only friends at Mm -hmm. periods in my life. Mm -hmm. And I messaged them when I was really low and they got back to me. Yeah. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good because literally human connection is so important. Mm. I think that's so important. 100%. Okay. Next question. For yeah, you. sure. How has your life changed mm. recovering from your ED mm. now? I know that you say, like, there were really good parts that you would love to, like, experience again. Yeah. Why is your why is your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um why is your life better now? Why is my life better now? Mm. My life is better now because I've built self trust. Mm. Um and I also have just given it time. Yeah. I think because mine wasn't necessarily as body focused as other people who may have gone through eating disorders, mm-hmm. I really had to let myself heal from the trauma mm-hmm. and give myself space. And that was so important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I found really great friends. Yeah. Really great friends. And also, I started talking about it. Mm. That was a big shift because I felt like I needed to have it in silence for a lot. Yeah. Um. And it's so interesting how, like, when I start talking about it and when I start, you know, opening up how many other people Mm. have gone through similar things. Yeah. And, like, maybe it wasn't as severe. Maybe it was more severe than my experience. Like, there's still connection there. Mm. And I was like, oh, like, what? You went through it too? And... Mm. It's just kind of like a bonding experience. It is like not a trauma bond, but it's just kind of like, wow, like you see, you get it. You understand. Mm. Um, It's also just given me, oh, like how do I even put this into words? It's given me a newfound lust for like making it special. Yeah. And for like... Oh, because I was just so close to like just not being here mm. simply mm-hmm. so many times. And I just, not that I, I actually just want to say this as well. Like, mm. 
I'm not grateful for that. Like, no. I'm not grateful for it at all. Mm-hmm. And if I was to go back and do it again, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Even if it does, quote unquote, make me the person who I am mm-hmm. today. Like, I would have still been a version of me. Yes. Who would have been just as worthy and who would have just, like, found out a way to be as contentful as she could be in her life, regardless. 100%. It's unfortunate I went through that. Yeah. It's not something I wish on anyone else. No. However... It's, like, a nuanced situation. Like, Mm. despite all of that, like, I'm willing to use it, use what I've been given, use what I've gone through to help others. Yeah. But also, like, to help me and live my life. Yeah. And hopefully, like, the learnings and lessons I've done, like, also help the generation, like, kind of timeline of Mm. this illness in my life, in my family and stuff. Um, And, yeah... I don't, yeah, just, Mm. like, giving me, like, a desire to pursue things that are really good Mm. and feel really good. Mm. I love that. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So, on that note, Mm. what do you see for, like, Mm. 10 years' time, Jess? 31-year-old Jess. 31-year-old Jess. So interesting. 31 still feels so young. It 100% is. And that's in 10 years' time. I know. We have so much that's time. so much fun to have. So much. We have so much fun to have. Mm-hmm. 31. I'm going to say this right now as a timestamp because in the next few hours it might change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, in 10 years' time. I can't I- wait to re-listen to these next year and be like, oh, oh they had have changed no so much. idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 31-year-old Jess, hopefully an OT by that stage. Yes. That would be amazing if I finally finished my studies. I'd also love for the podcast to be something. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, like, I actually want to get listeners on. I Fun. know this sounds a bit – I don't know if that's, like, actually able to happen, but I'd love <laughs> it's to – It's like when Taylor Swift got those people in her house and she, like, played them – the song for the very first time oh wait yes of course yeah <laughs> 1989 yeah I think. Mm. it's like that it's an honor <laughs> <laughs> no like i wish i was those people <laughs> but i'd love to be able to like invite people on um, because the thing is yes. this isn't a soapbox yes this is just a place i come to when i share and i also invite other people on to share yeah and like, I don't know all the answers. And I think that comes across. <laughs> Quite blatantly. I think it comes across. Like, no one on this podcast knows the answers. We're just no. given... No one in the world knows no all one. the answers. No like, one does. if they try to tell you that they do, they're wrong. Gosh, no. They, the fact that they don't know that they don't know the answers... It should be a red flag. <laughs> um, I'd love to have listeners on. Fun. And just to, like, chat and just to create humanity. Yeah. Well, not create humanity, but to create, like, this sense of being show connected. Humanity. yeah. Yeah, show humanity mm-hmm. and showcase it. And um, the vulnerability and the capacity to actually, like, ask more than how are you and mm. to go deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd love for that to be in the vision. Yeah. What else? Um... I don't think I will have kids. Yeah. But in general or by in general. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think instead I will either be living my thirty one year old 
I'm not in a relationship life. Yeah. Or I'll be a fiance. Interesting. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We make plans as if like Yeah, as if we that's know all how the life goes, but no. But yeah. Amazing. I think that's where I'm at. And I would love my big thing yes. is because I didn't really have like a home for like a little bit of my life. Yeah. My big thing is I love a safe space. Like I love mm. my home to be really homey. Mm-hmm. So a big goal of mine and probably by 31 is to have like a, a house yeah. that is just like hospital hospitable it's, the, <laughs> it's like a hospital, hospital but hospitable hospitable yes and, um, super like, homey everything's so homey yeah and i i have this like dream of mine mm-hmm. and this is not 10 years from now this is probably like when i'm like maybe 71 let's okay. say yeah so an extra 50 years yeah i'll be in my house and i'll have like elijah my brother mm-hmm. his grandkids or something Cute. come over we make cookies in my very homey home love I don't have a partner, though. That's, like, something that's... Yeah. Anyways, it's in my mind. Okay. And then, like, it's just such cutesy vibes. And then, like, they go get picked up and go home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, you. Bye. Yeah. But, like, I love... Like, I love caring. Yes. For, like, especially kids. But yes. also, like, other other people of ages yes. as well. <laughs> um, and I would just love for, like, my home to be somewhere where... Like, the drop-in house. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, if I'm having an awful time, like, mm-hmm. I can just drop by Jess's house. Yes. And, like, there's always cookies on the counter. Like, the fridge is always stocked. Yeah. I love and that. there's always, like, a comfy couch yeah. and, like, some mood lighting. Do you Stunning. know, you get the vision. I get like, the that's vision. really what I want. 100%. I yeah. love that so much. So we'll see. But that's a whole nother 10 years from now. Stunning. Okay, <laughs> let's let's segue yeah, into segue. Jess's love life. <gasps> Jess's love life. <laughs> the like thereof. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so you say mm. in your visions, like, mm. you don't always have a partner. No. Which I think is fucking epic because <laughs> you're yeah. so, like, yeah, mm. I just love it. I yeah. think... We need to stop placing so much emphasis on, like, needing to find a partner. Yeah. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. Like, I I picture myself being happy and okay even without a partner. 100%. And, like, they can be there, but, like... Yeah, they're there. If they're there, they're there. If they're not... The thing is, I fall in love so deeply. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And quickly. If I love you, like, God, you're going to be my whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, you will be with us making cookies completely. <laughs> like you will be holding the bowl, and the kids will be cracking the eggs. Um, also, if your brother has kids, yeah, you won't be seventy when they're like little kids. No, no, his kids, kids. Oh, Grand- gotcha. Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. I, yeah. Okay. So, what do you think about single life? Let's talk about yeah. making your my. Is starting to really hurt sitting on That's the floor. That's all right. Do you want a cushion or something? No, it's fine. Okay, we have some over it's just there. from the couch, um, just from the carpet. Oh, would you like a mat or something? Nah, it's fine. Okay, you're okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, that's all right. Um, single life. Yeah. Let's talk about you're single right now. Mm, yeah. Enjoying your 
early 20s, mm. whatever stage of life you are, really. Yeah. Enjoying your life mm. without the constant being like, I need a partner mm. to like make this all better yes. and to be able to enjoy. Yeah. The, the fun stuff that happens, like, mm. when you're in your 20s. Yeah. Which can be really, really hard. Yes. It can really get you down. Completely. I'm not I'm not being like, it can get you down. No, it does get me down. It does get you down sometimes. sometimes. And we have talked about this, but yeah. it can get a lot of us down. I yes. know it got me down when yeah. I was in my single era. And then I did start to kind of transition to be like, okay, we're fine. We're fine. By yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And then and you met Will, like, the next day. <laughs> Not the next day, but it did happen a little bit after. <laughs> but I say to Jess all the time, like, yeah. we, and exactly how you want to be when you're in your 70s, like, I was so okay whether someone came into my life or not. Mm. And it allowed me to pick a good person mm. because I was like, yeah, well, if he's shit, like, it is what it is, I'll be fine. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He wasn't. Which is He's great. Nice. We've kept him around. <laughs> He's still here. <laughs> but let's talk about that. Yeah. Because there's so much pressure yeah. on being in a relationship yeah. in your 20s. Um, okay. So there's been a few shifts. Yes. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I recently went through a breakup. Yes. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Agreed. And um, I guess... Even before then, but also straight out of then, I lived by the quote, Mm -hmm. everyone who's in a relationship says, oh, being single is so fun. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, oh, well, if it's so fun, why don't you do it? Yes. Yes. And it would always, like, frame me in this mindset of, like, my life won't be good Mm. and won't be fun Mm. until I have a partner. And... There's a lot of fun that comes along with having a partner. Totally. Like, a lot of fun. And I can't wait. If I... Well, (laughs) this is where I'm, like, so torn, right? Like, I I can't wait for the day if it happens. Yeah. But I've also come to the conclusion that I... Like, it's such a privilege to be with me. A hundred percent. Okay, and I'm... I love that. (laughs) And I'm just kind of, like... If if no one wants to do it, like, it's really their loss. Yeah. Because I get to do it. Yeah. And, like, I get to hang out with myself. And, like, I, like I said, I went on a mountain climb yesterday. hmm And just consistently taking myself out on, like, dates and mm-hmm. consistently doing fun things. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw this thing the other day and it was, like, I love, like, being me in the mm-hmm. sense where, like, I kind of treat me like I'm my daughter. Yeah. Like, oh, she dresses me in, like, nice clothes that I like. And she takes me out to coffee with my friends that I like. Mm -hmm. And, like, I get to do fun things. And, like, I have a cute little nighttime routine that I do. And, like, I think... That's so cute. I think it is cheesy to say romanticize your life. Yeah. But at the same time, if it's not cheesy, I don't want it. Yeah. Like, I love all the cheese. Well, if you don't, if you don't do that, Mm. then, like... So bleak. Life is so boring. Mm. Like, if you don't... (laughs) don't, It's that simple. Yeah. Like, if you don't enjoy Mm. what you're doing, Mm. 
or what how you you're doing, doing it. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, like be delusional about it. Be a bit, bit delusional. Yeah. Like I'm hiking up this mountain scared to death. Yeah. Because I'm so scared of snakes. I was scared to death. Like for I'm you. so scared of snakes. Yes. Above all else. Yes. But I was also kind of just like chilling on top of a mountain by myself. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I love that. So good. And I think that's something that, like, I even do when I'm in a relationship. Like, I take myself out on dates and stuff. Yeah. You have to. I have to. And I'm actually really glad. And I will preface this. Okay. I did go through a little bit of a dating around stage. Yeah. And I think that was really important for me Mm -hmm. because it, I was talking to you guys about this the other day. Like, oh no, maybe I was talking to Molly. Yeah, I was talking to Molly. I'm okay. sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I was saying how, like, I started off really strong. And it, and she was like, oh, yeah, really, like, set the standard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thing is, I went down. Yeah. And it showed me, like, just how low yes. it can get. Yes. Kind of ended with almost the lowest of lows. Yes. And then I realized, okay, like, as much as that was really awful, like, I figured out what I don't want. Yes. And, like... Also, how it reflected back to me a little bit of how I was treating myself. Thousand percent. And, like, especially in the last one, like, I felt like I didn't want to speak up about things. Yeah. That I really valued. Yeah. And I was like, oh, after it ended, I was like, God, well, like, yeah, it kind of reflects how, mm. how I was, like, in a relationship with myself as well. Like, dating has shown me how to... Like, kind of be a better person to myself. Yes. And also, like, it's a weird journey, isn't for. it? 100%. Yeah. It's kind of simultaneous. Simultaneous, yeah. Um, I always used to hear, like, when you, when you date someone, mm-hmm. especially when you, like, you, like, probably after, like, the first few dates, when it starts to get a little bit more mm. serious and, like, you really start to open up about the person you are and all of that kind of stuff it's like a big mirror just gets reflected back onto you of like who you are and Mm -hmm. how you communicate and like the standards that you have and like what you put up with, what you don't. And so when you're like dating, I think it's like, I think everyone needs to do it. Date around a a little bit. It's a huge part. Because it does. You're figuring out what you want from a person, Mm. but you're also going on this whole journey yourself Mm. simultaneously, which is hard and it can be really fucked at sometimes. (laughs) So fucked. But that's what's important Mm. because it it helps you find your worth Mm. outside of like whatever you perceived. Like, you know, a lot of us go through that stage when you, like, leave school. Mm. And so you've got in your head, like, whatever society taught you growing up or, like, whatever your friends used to say about people Mm. growing up. Yeah. I thought I'd be married by 23. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) There's still time. I mean, no. If anyone's offering. No. (laughs) Just kidding. No, thank you. Don't come. Absolutely not. My prefrontal cortex is not even fully. Literally. Like, it's not happening until at least 25. I'm adamant on that too. Yeah. And I've been in a relationship for a few years. Completely. I support (laughs) that decision. I'm still like, "Mm, wait. (laughs) Your brain's still got a bit of developing to do. It's still got a developing to do. Yeah. It's still got a lot of life to experience. Completely. And thank goodness for that. 100%. Um, Yeah. It's a very Mm. interesting 
very interesting journey. It is. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So. Yeah. What. You take yourself out on dates. Yes. What else do you do to kind of. I mean, I guess from your perspective, Mm -hmm. is it a mindset thing? Of being like. Because you mentioned before like what came to mind for me is like when when people say like you know like being single so good like you Mm. need to be single for a bit like blah 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 and then you're like okay but you're in a relationship yeah um so like why are you saying that (laughs) like do you really believe that it's kind of the same for me like when people used to say, like, oh, you know, and in my eyes they were, like, super skinny or, like, whatever, a body that I wanted. Yeah. Um, When they'd be, like, it's not all about your body, like, and I'd be, like, yeah, well, what do you know? You've got the dream. Yeah. You know, like, I would kill to be in your body Mm. kind of thing. And it's, like, okay, so why aren't you 10, 20, 30 kilos heavier than you are or whatever? Like, the grass is always greener kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you, is it a mindset thing for you or is it just that you've built trust over time to be like, I am fine. I I think it's a trust over time. Yeah. Look, mindset is something that you continuously need to work on. Mm. And like, there are literally times of the day where I'm like, gosh, like, can someone just be my boyfriend already? But, (laughs) but at the same time, like, whether it happens or not, like, I've built up the trust to be like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine fine either way. Yeah. Like, I've had my back my whole, well, I've built enough trust in myself that I've got my back now. Totally. After trials and tribulations. Yes. So, I'm like, okay, look, if that part of my life doesn't eventuate out to what society says is quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. i'll be okay with that yeah i'll be okay with that Mm. i could have it a lot worse i could be in a marriage that i didn't want 100 percent. and that's not happening for me the last thing that anyone needs to do is like settle because it's there's something in front of them Mm. and like forcing something to work yeah just because and like it's right there just because it's right there Mm. and that's why i always say like it sounds bad like i don't know like i met will and i knew that there was something special there Mm. and it did it kind of did stop me in my tracks and be like whoa haven't felt that feeling before yeah which is so nice but also like I was still very much like, okay, well, if it doesn't, like, go into anything, then it would have been really nice to meet him and, like, come across him. But, like, I'm going to be fine. Like, we've done this before and, like, you're fine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Because, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't didn't ever want to be, like get to a point where then he came into my life and then I was like, okay, this is it. And then I just, like, didn't see the red flags, didn't put any effort into, like, communicating what I really needed and see how he responded to that, all of that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. so 
because of all of the trust that I built up in myself that I was going to be fine. I wasn't scared to be like, this is what I want. Yeah. And like, and then if he didn't do it, then that was like, not the end of the world. No, it was like, that's fine. Yeah. You can move along. Yeah. But he did. And so that's nice. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, I don't know. I think you bypass a lot when you just want to like settle. I think a big part for me is that a lot of my life, and I feel like this is like really prevalent in a lot of women's lives, is that Mm. we're built up, like grown up to say like, okay, what will like our life look like? Like with my husband, Mm. let's just say heteronormative, with my husband and my two and a half kids, like what will our lives look like? Mm -hmm. And as much as I think that that is a really like beautiful dream like mm-hmm. that people have and like go for it mm-hmm. like it's worked before i'm sure it'll work again mm-hmm. but it's also like what about like the individual like what do i want for my life yes yes call me selfish but it's also like am i being selfish like no no no, <laughs> no. i think it's basic human a basic human right for mm. you to like have your own stuff mm. and having a partner that then can like complement yeah. your life yeah. but not have to like give up everything yeah because you're all of a sudden a mum like I was very picky about that yeah and sussing out especially will <laughs> Yeah. Cuz I he came after like I had really changed my standards mm. and figured out what I actually did want. Mm. And like understanding how a person would act like what if I do want to work full time? Yeah. What if I do want to have kids later? Mm. Like what if I can't be the sole caregiver? Like all of these things, like I don't think you have to just slip into like the old fashioned yeah literally jess asked me this on my podcast Mm. i'm gonna ask her okay on this one is there anything you want to say to your listeners i love you guys yeah (laughs) (laughs) um there's actually someone i want to shout out okay hold on i wonder if this will work so there's this listener her name's soph Mm -hmm. her instagram is like love from soph or something like that and um I know that she listens all the time and I just am like so grateful for her and like, oh, her existence is just so beautiful to me. And, um, we love you so, (laughs) I don't know you, but we love you. We love you. And, um, just anyone else who like takes time. I know I like put out pretty intense convos sometimes, but the people who listen in, like you guys get it. And I'm so grateful to be in a community and, like, to be able to share with you guys, like, yeah. that's really cool. And I can't wait to keep on helping you out. Also, mm. we're coming up to one year. <gasps> At the end of this season, I think it'll be, Yay. like, one year. We're going to so have a celebration. Exciting. Love that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you feel this way, Jess, but I feel like I honestly don't care how many people listen to my podcast because I know that, like, the people that do are, like, very specifically mm. – my people yeah and it's like I don't know like I don't I don't care (laughs) because like 
there's a reason that we both do this individually and like the fact that there is a group of people that continuously will show up to hear what we have to say just means like we're doing our job yeah and what we always set out to do and that is such a privilege and it's made possible by you guys so yeah i love you for listening to jess's podcast (laughs) (laughs) um i'll see you guys next week thanks for having me as host for being host thank you for being our guest today jess oh no worries i'll be back here next week if that's okay with you yeah that's right i'll hand it (laughs) hand back over the bye guys bye guys Thank you so much for hanging out today. It is always a pleasure to be able to open up this conversation about mental health and the human experience. How's Your Heart, the podcast was created as a place for sharing from the heart. And because of this, it does not cover a professional or medical scope. And the concepts and tools discussed by myself and our beloved guests should not be taken as medical advice. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, reach out to a medical professional or call Lifeline on 13 11 14.